Hello and welcome to the Racing with Robin Roller podcast. We hope you had a very happy Easter weekend and found enjoyment out of the Bristol Dirt Race because we have a lot to discuss this weekend. Lots to break down and lots to understand. Is there a civil war brewing in NASCAR? And Super Formula's new chassis debuted to a roaring success over the weekend. We'll have all the coverage of NASCAR, the Bristol Dirt Race from the Truck Series and the Cup Series, and then both Super Formula races, in addition to all the news and notes from the reek of racing. So like, you know, not many series that we regularly cover it were in action this weekend, but that doesn't, like I said, it doesn't mean that there's any shortage of talking points. So I think it's time we just roll right on into the show. But uh, before we do that, though, uh, unfortunately, this is one of the more unpleasant uh, things that we have to do uh, during this podcast. It's not the first time, unfortunately, we've done this on the podcast. And I, I hope it's the last, but we'll see. Uh, we want to um, send our condolences to uh, the family of Justin Owen and the entire USAC community. Uh, Justin Owen, the defending track champion at Lawrenceburg Speedway out in Lawrenceburg, Indiana, in eastern Indiana, not far from the Ohio border. Um, he was uh, qualifying for the race there uh, this weekend, and he was involved in a, a fatal accident, unfortunately. Um, and uh, the... The remainder of the event at Lawrenceburg was canceled, uh, you know, in his honor. Um, but uh, we do, like I said, I want to send my, I want to send my condolences, Josh, on behalf of Josh as well. We want to send our condolences uh, to the family of Justin Owen and everybody uh, in the USAC community. Um, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough to. Uh, Tough to deal with that stuff sometimes. It's never the... It's the worst part of racing. And it's the part that I wish we didn't have to do. Um, but, uh, again, just want to remember Justin Owen as a, a champion. As the champion that he was. Um, and, uh, again, our condolences are with his family. Um, I think... Now, I think, um, on that note, let's try and shift into things I'm sure Justin would have wanted people to continue to go racing and that's what we're going to do today um we're going to jump into the news today uh with formula one news because I mean all right let's let's transition from sad news to insane news like news that is going to probably change your change your uh hopefully maybe change your mood after the somber note of this show but um if you have not heard yet we we're going to talk about this uh but motorsport.com reported this weekend this week this past week that felipe massa is looking into possible legal options that could help challenge the outcome of the 2008 formula one season one which he lost to lewis hamilton on the final lap of the season finale in Brazil. This has due, come due, in light due to comments recently made by former F1 Supremo Bernie Ecclestone. 
Ecclestone revealed in an interview with F1 Insider that he and then FIA President Max Mosley knew about the rules infringement that Renault committed in Crashgate during the 2008 Singapore Grand Prix. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, uh, Nelson Piquet Jr. intentionally crashed or was told to intentionally crash the car to help Fernando Alonso. Uh, at the time, they were teammates. Um, at the Singapore Grand Prix, and it was pretty blatant race manipulation. Um, if you're familiar with NASCAR's spin gate, kind of the same, very, very similar concepts here. Uh, trying to help, you know, your, your teammate gain positions and ergo gain points um, by instructing a teammate to deliberately cause a caution. So, uh, because of this, um, Felipe Massa believes he has a case and says, I want to challenge it because, look, man, if I, I, I get it, I, I get it, like, Massa's 2008 was an amazing season, and if he's reading this and he's thinking, well, they, they knew they were cheating all along and they didn't do anything about it, like, I, like, I get it. Like, I get it, personally. So, I mean, it's interesting. It's I, interesting I, to see. Uh, but I will note this. Per FIA rules, results for a season are set in stone following the awards banquet. So it will be interesting to see what the challenges are there. Josh, I apologize. I cut you off there. Uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I, I get his point. But, man, it's been 15 years. Time to... How many times has Lewis Hamilton been mentioned as a ex-champion, ex-time champion in that 2008 being been included in that? It's time to move on. Okay, it's but time to move on. Lewis has seven championships and Felipe has none. And there's people it, who believe it, Lewis. Hey, there's people who believe Lewis should have seven championships and Felipe well said one. You know, okay, because he should have been the champion in 2021. So I can't deny that. Okay, I'm just I saying. Agree. But it's it's. I get his point, but man, this is like this is just digging up stuff to just dig up. This is bitter. This actually is a bad look, in my opinion. I would just if I heard that, I'm like, huh, that's interesting. All right, maybe I could have been champion. Maybe I should have been champion. Oh well. Well, Felipe has never been one to shy away from controversies. I mean, he was the one that was openly criticizing IndyCar oval racing as unsafe and then completely getting dunked on by all of his fellow Brazilians who are multi-time oval winners in, in NASCAR. Yeah. <laughs> or, excuse me, not NASCAR, in IndyCar. IndyCar. Um, yeah. I, I... It's... It, I don't know. I, but I'm, I'm just putting myself in Felipe's shoes. Like, I, I mean, I'm, he I'm, knows, I'm in his shoes. I get it. But it's just yeah. like... Buddy. Yeah. But he didn't I, know if I feel like if he had known, if if him and Ferrari had known that Ecclestone and Mosley were fully aware of Renault's race manipulation, if they knew that in two thousand eight, they would have protested it anyway. At best he gets a money compensation on this. He won't get the championship. And, but and then, like, what's the money going to do? You don't need it. I don't know if it's about money. I, I just think... It's about not about money, but like, the courts will be like, okay, 
What would you have got if you were champion? Ten million. What did you get? Eight million. Okay, well here's two million. You know, I, I I don't know. This is this is just a bad look, and it's not like the FIA doesn't have enough mud on their face. Well, right now, yeah, and and that whole that whole um, reign reign of uh, Bernie Ecclestone and uh, Max Mosley, not exactly one of the um, no. more positive remembered no uh, instances. <laughs> no. Um, we will move on to some IndyCar news now because some it, it, it hey we are we are almost to may we are almost to may i have some news to announce about that soon i'm excited about it um so it is like i said it is almost may and that means that uh we're getting more news about more indy 500 entries and a 34th entry is being readied with rc enerson as the driver while enerson's father uh, and Able Motorsports are working to put together a Chevrolet entry per racer. No official announcement has formally been made, but this would be very big to uh, bring back bumping. Granted, the last time R.C. Enerson tried to bump his way into the field, it didn't go well, but that's what's great about the Indy 500, is that you can always try, try again. You, yep. you don't make the race one year, you come back and you keep on trying. There's plenty uh, of you guys out there who failed to make it and made it eventually. Actually, hold on, I'm gonna... Did you know that uh, Dale Coyne, before he was an owner, he was a driver. Uh, so, some of our listeners might have known that, but I don't know if Josh did. Um, did you? I did. I did know you did? that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I figured did. you did. I did. I, I should have I figured you did. Uh... How many times did Dale Coyne fail to qualify? All right. Lord have mercy. He failed to qualify in 88 and 89. And throughout, from 1984 to 1991. He has a lot of DNQs. He has, it's mostly DNQs. It, yeah, it's, uh, it's probably like one-third DNQs. In, yeah. his, in his career, yeah. He, so, you know. But then he came back as an owner and did good. Now, now has a few wins as an owner. Yeah. Might get a win or two this year the way Malukas is driving. I, hmm, maybe. Very, uh, maybe. I would, that would be interesting to see. Um, so, anyway. Uh, there's that. Um, Got more uh, news, and as everybody has been harping, more ovals, more ovals, more ovals, more ovals. Finally, we get news, finally, that Roger Penske's listening to us. Adam Stern reports that IndyCar is in ongoing talks with Wisconsin and Milwaukee leaders for the NTT IndyCar Series to return to the Milwaukee Mile in 2024. Uh, the Arkham Menard Series returned last year in 2022, and the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series will return later this year in August. So. This is very good if you're fans for fans of the Milwaukee Mile, uh, but this does mean that you need to go. Yes. If you live in Milwaukee, you need to be going to this race. Like, I'm being honest with you guys. Like, I might not have a lot of money right now, 
But if IndyCar announced tomorrow that they were going back to Michigan and Kentucky, I would buy tickets immediately. I would, I would, I would just do it. I would find a way. I would find a way. I would, I would, like, I don't know, I would start driving for Uber and never stop for three days. Like, I don't know. I would find a way. That is you how just, badly I would want to do you, that. You would because say, those are, oh, hey, someone need an Uber ride from Indianapolis to Kentucky, and they need an Uber ride back from the race? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, throwing a free ticket. Get, can I have a ticket as the tip instead? You don't need to tip me. Go. Just give me your ticket. There you go. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh. I I hope that that's a success. I thought the Arca race got a decent crowd last year. The Arca race got a more bigger crowd than I thought we we're going to get. Yeah. And I think they might have had to deal with a little bit of weather too, which was yeah. good. So um, which not, the weather wasn't good, but the fan count based off the weather that they were predicting right. was good. Um, so hopefully, and, and, you know, the truck series seems to be a popular thing on the short tracks, especially, I mean, when I, w- when I was at, at IRP last year, I mean, it, that was the most people I'd seen at IRP since the last time the trucks were there. Hey, if you got, you know, if you're, if you like going to races at, at Road America, support your, your, your sister track up there and go to Milwaukee too. I mean, it's two great yeah. forms of racing. You got two, yeah, arguably one of the greatest road courses in, on the continent. And then you have a really historic racetrack that's been open since 1901. Come on, man. Let's get it done. Go to to it. I wholeheartedly agree. Wisconsin has some of the best racetracks. It just does. I mean, there's a reason why, like, Wisconsinites, they they love their racing, and for good reason. They got a whole ton of great tracks to, to pick from. I mean, all all across the state, like, you got a bunch of great tracks. You could pick from in in Wisconsin here in Indy. I mean, in Indiana, we got we got different dirt tracks, but you know we don't have anything like like they got. You know, um, we got different dirt tracks, but I mean, Salem and Winchester are kind of the same. I mean, they're not exactly the same. That might be sacrilegious to say say, but I mean, they're both high banked half miles. I mean, what? I guess Slinger's that way too. I don't know. Um, Let's uh let's move on into some SRX because this is cool. This is cool. Um Tony Stewart and the drag racing community are really uh coming together in a big way because Ron Caps. Yes, the guy who finally won the uh the um NHRA Nationals in in Indy uh this week, the last last year. He's going to go oval racing. He's going to be turning left. How about that? Ron Caps has joined the 2023 SRX Series field when he goes to Eldora Speedway. So not only not only is he going to be turning left, he's going to be doing it on dirt. He's going to be two things he's probably he's never done in his career, probably. I actually I don't know. Yeah, he needs to get John Force out there, too. Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I would love that. Out there too. That would be fun. Oh, man. Uh, this is going to be... Hey, there's a... Well, the lineup is shaking out really slowly, but um, I like that there's also, you know, whether it's intentional or whether they would like to have everyone announced already, but, you know, we're two months away from the start of SRX this year, and we're mm. still learning drivers, and I think that's good. Yeah, still waiting on Casey Kane. Still waiting. I'm tired of watching him, like... So I don't have dirt vision, but, like... 
I follow his team on Twitter, and it's always like him just getting outrun by Brad Sweet. And I'm like, like Brad Sweet, it, it'll always be like Brad transfers into the feature. Casey finished X in his heat, in his in in or whatever. And I'm like, come on, get Casey into SRX, get him into something competitive again. Not saying he's not competitive, but I still love him. Uh, speaking of, actually, oh great, actually that was a pretty good segue into my next subject. Talk about something big about uh, more sprint car racing and we talk about or midget racing. Excuse me, this is actually midget racing. It's dirt racing, but um, Lucas Oil has announced that they are not going to uh, return as the sponsor for the Chili Bowl. Uh, this probably means also that the Chili Bowl feature will not be on Map TV anymore either. Um, so definitely some big issues there for the Chili Bowl. The Chili Bowl has a lot of issues, and right now they need to be working on finding a sponsor that will increase the purse. Um, because I, I, I look, man, Kyle Larson was very vocal and outspoken about not doing the Chili Bowl this past year, at, or earlier this year, excuse me. And I, I just don't, if you've got one of the top, like, racers on dirt, in anything dirt, like, if it's midget, if it's sprint, winged sprint, if it's a dirt late model, doesn't matter, I mean, like, he's, he's on it. Um, if, if, if he's saying the chili bowl isn't worth it, you're going to have a lot more people start saying the chili bowl ain't worth it. So they got to find a sponsor that's going to, that's going to put more money in the pool or else I hesitate to wonder how many more golden drillers we're going to be given out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's tough. It's a tough situation. Um, especially when. And even then, like, you've got Larson's high-limit racing on mm -hmm. flow. I mean, that's good stuff. And it yeah. pays a lot. It does. <laughs> I mean, and it's good racing. Like I said, it's really good racing, and it's not something that runs so frequently. Everybody is, you know, too busy to do stuff. It's just, uh... It's not overwhelming. Know. Yeah, it's not, it's not overwhelming. Um, yeah. The schedule is something you can really plan around. It's not like... Oh man, there's another race again. There's a race again. Uh, some like some of those, but um, let's talk about some NASCAR news because we do have actually a decent amount of NASCAR stuff to go through uh, before we get into our feature paint scheme. So uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. will race a Sundrop sponsored car in the Cars Tour at North Wilkesboro in May. We've already talked about that, and another race in 2024. Uh, but Adam Stern has reported that another. A uh, sponsorship deal or announcement, maybe not a sponsorship deal, but an announcement uh, between Earnhardt and the Keurig Dr. Pepper company is pending. And he, in fact, noted that Sundrop is planning to uh, re restart their social media accounts, which have apparently been inactive for several years. Evidently. I didn't uh, know that. Yeah. I didn't know that either, which is crazy to me because, I, look, I, I might not buy Sundrop often. It's not but at least in Indiana. Yeah, it is. Isn't it? It is? Yeah, it is. It is. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I, I, I was just about to make the point that I always see it in grocery stores. Yeah. Like, every time I go to Walmart, there's always, it's, it's always, it, it, it's always with, like, the, um, it's always with, like, those, you know how you go to the grocery store, and if you're buying soda, you've got, like, all of the, you've got all the Cokes, they got all the Coke 
like the the regular Coke, Diet Coke, the Coke yeah. Zero, and then they got all the Pepsis, the Pepsi, the Pe- Diet Pepsi, the Pepsi Zero Sugar, and then all the way like in the very side. I mean, you you know this. You were a Stock Republic, so like you you kind of know what I'm talking about, probably. You've got those weird like um, soda sodas that, like very few people buy. So like the Barks Root Beer, the um, the the Pib Extra. And you've got then usually uh, like the Fresca, and the Sundrop. The Sundrop's always there too. Yeah. Or 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 Diet Right, or it's Diet Right. That's there. They're they're always in there. But like I always see those sodas. But they're like I never see anybody drinking them. But I always still see them in stores. So no, it's, not, it's not as popular a brand up there as it is down here, too. Is it? Is it more? Po- Do you see people drinking Sundrops oh, down yeah. there? Yeah. Okay, so it, yeah, it must it must be way more popular because everybody up here is 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 drinking Coke or Pepsi, yeah. you know, usually. Or then there's me who's enjoying. Um, I am not sponsored by Rowdy, but if Rowdy Energy wants to sponsor this podcast, I'm not going to stop them. I'm drinking a blue raspberry Rowdy this morning because we're recording the show in the morning for once. Um, and I am not normally a morning person, but I'm trying to get to be a morning person. I am trying. I am working on it. Um. Another sponsor that should sponsor us is BetterHelp. Uh, I'm a big fan of BetterHelp. <laughs> That's been helping me with sleeping and sh- stuff like that. So uh, if in case Rowdy or BetterHelp wants to sponsor the show, I can tell you I do use those products. <laughs> um, uh, so and, and I do need money. We do need money. You know, it would be really great if we had some, you know, maybe we could hire a social media guy. And it's not just me trying my best. <laughs> um. Let's see here. Next question. Uh, Matt Crafton uh, replaced... I shouldn't say that. You you do a lot of the social media, too. You do more of the social media than I do. So I should be paying you. I should be paying you. We should, we should get sponsorships so I can pay Josh for all the social media he does. Gosh, we've got even more. We're going to end on a more. good note here, but we got two big things here we got to take Dude, care of. Yeah, we've got like all this... When I, when I talked about a civil war brewing in NASCAR, here's the background for this. <laughs> Um, so following the Cup Series race at uh, Richmond Raceway, NASCAR randomly selected the number 24 and the number 48 Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolets to bring it back to the R&D Center. NASCAR Which is typically typical does this. to just randomly select two cars, yes. but this doesn't seem as random as it should have been. It is not as random as I think it normally is. It, maybe, maybe it could have been more random if they, I don't know, tested uh, William Byron's and Ricky Stenhouse. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I'm throwing that out there. If maybe that would have been less random, but um, so they picked those, and they and and following their visit to the R and D center, NASCAR then issued an L1 penalty for violations related related to modifications made to the greenhouse area of the race car. So now we've got the louvers that they were Hendrick was involved with, and now the greenhouse area is is they're they're accused of manipulating. William Byron and Alex Bowman were both docked 60 points and five playoff points. Good Lord, they just can't get a win. <laughs> it's like, they, and they're like, I just ran all these, you got all these points and finished all these, and then, then you take them away from me again. again. Yeah. <laughs> um, their interim, interim crew chiefs have been suspended two races and fined $75,000. So this happened. And everybody on when it broke was kind of at a loss for words. And then uh, NASCAR then Bob Bacchus actually was one of the first people to tweet this. NASCAR then updated the rule book 
to where the appeals board can't remove any elements of a penalty. They can only be increased or decreased within the maximum and minimum laid out by the rulebook, to which Denny Hamlin then immediately retweeted, or quote-tweeted Bob Pachris, and stated, Wait, WTF, when did this happen? I'm in the middle of an appeal. <laughs> what a mess. What a mess, man. This is only part of it. We're going to talk about more about what you called the Civil War here in a little bit. But yeah, yeah. This is, and now I don't think I actually mentioned it now that she said that. Let me go back and check our upshift, downshift questions. I didn't. Denny Hamlin's penalty was upheld in full yeah. by the appeals board. He, did, he, he, he lost that appeal. And of course, um, you know, yeah, they changed the rules in the middle of his appeal, too. Yeah, which is so, great for him. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's uh, not saying his appeal had any merit to begin with. Yeah, but it is kind of sketch that you would straight up change the rules in the well, middle. You would of think hopefully appeal. that there would be some sort of retroactiveness. So like, hey, yes, but that was never mentioned. It doesn't matter. The appeals board didn't come out and say, uh, "Well, we're lowering it." If they were lowering it, then that would be more of an indicator. But they didn't touch it. They felt like, yeah, it, you're you're getting penalized for this, bud. So it doesn't. It, it's it's a mute point at that at, at that point to me that. Yeah, it, it, but yeah, this is a <laughs> when you randomly select two cars that just want an appeal hard. Yeah, and then you find and then you find something. It's it's ooh. it's suspect. It, now, it, hey, Rob, it take us to the take us to the last point here where it's a little bit happier. Yeah, we're not we're not being as sus. Sorry about everybody. Um, uh, NASCAR and North Wilkesboro Speedway have at long last released the long-awaited. 2023 all-star race format so i think everybody hail has hailed this so i'll show you um this uh this news oh it just made my heart happy a pit crew challenge will determine the starting lineup for the two heat races and i heard pit crew challenge and i was just like oh thank you now let's get a speed stage out there the two heat races will be run on Saturday, with Heat 1 determining the inside line starting order, and Heat 2 determining the outside line at 60 laps each. So kind of similar, basically exactly how the Daytona duels work. Except you're not qualifying for a pole sitter, mm -hmm. it, but it, it's exactly how the duels work. So, again, no issues with this. Perfectly fine with that. I think that's a fine way to determine Starting order, especially for an all-star race, that's entirely exhibition that we're just doing for fun. Yeah. Um, the all-star open, now we will have a, an open again, which is going to be wonderful, and I'm, again, excited for that, uh, will be a 100-lap race with a break around lap 40. Top two will transfer plus the fan vote. Again, perfect. No notes. Great. Then the actual Sunday race on the Sunday race, the all-star race, will be a 200-lap race with a break at lap 100, so halftime break, basically. All caution and green flag laps will count, with normal overtime rules in effect. So we basically decided that this is going to be... Um, this, this might be one of the best races of the year. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't want to say that... Like, I, I don't want to say that prematurely and have this race turn out to be like a dud, but... I just, I, this, this format, this, everything about this, like, I am just so excited. And now, 
I, I need to double check this. I need to see if it was... I, I Now I, I am pulling up my phone and Josh, this is terrible, terrible radio. I apologize to everybody, but I need to double check this because um, I read somewhere uh, this past weekend... Oh, here it is. Yes. Um, if, if, if you didn't... Um, uh, if you didn't read this past week, um, at Bristol Dirt, they brought back, uh, the speed stage, or similar uh, got, speed stage. I got the tweet pulled up for you. I got the tweet already pulled up. Yeah, you, you go do it. You go do it. Tell yeah. me. So, there, yeah, the speed stage was back this week, but there's also going to be back at the Coca-Cola 600, and then Atlanta in July, New Hampshire in July, Bristol in September, uh, Texas in September, and the Roval in October. So Bring it to will, the All-Star Race. It's, I, it's technically SMI-owned, so do it. My guess is space. It's a very, you're talking about a very tight area, and I, they probably don't want to overdo it the first time there. I, think, I agree. I think it would have been great to have it there, but the, I, on the property there where they're going to be parking everybody and having everything else, just a space thing, and like, okay, let's not, let's not push everything over the cliff, you know, the, the first time around. My guess. Right. I, I mean, but... I, 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 that was my first thought, too. And, and I think uh, if, it's, if it's a success the rest of the year and it comes back in 24, which I hope it does. Um, I just want race day to be race day again. I mean, why is college game day so – why does everybody love right. college game day? Right. I mean, there's a reason why every, like, people get up early to watch college game day. It's because it, it, there was a reason why people did the same thing with race day. Because, I mean, it t race day took the format of college game day and made it for NASCAR fans. Yep. And that's why everybody was so excited and everybody loved going there. Because you knew, like, when you went to a NASCAR race, you got a college game day-like experience. It was fun. And, 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 I, and you saw the pictures at Bristol. Yeah. That was a lot of people. That looked, I mean, that was a lot of people there. Yeah. And and it did. I mean, the the stands at Bristol looked better. They looked better. Look better. Yeah. Better. I I won't say anymore. <laughs> oh, Josh, dude, I you don't have to worry about it. I'm fired up about this weekend. I'm fired up about the Bristol dirt. I'm happy. I'm excited for next week. I love Richmond. I loved Coda. I'm excited for next week at Martinsville, but I got furred up about this. If there's if 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 Wind Tunnel was still on, which I always we're basically trying to, or at least I'm trying to imitate. You're trying to rebuild the old speed channel. <laughs> have been. I I I believe at more uh, motor racing media. You know that that's mainstream. That that that's not a situation that you have to go seek it out. You know, put it, bring it to the people. Bring it to the people, um, and uh, I I believe in that. But um, no, I I I am I am fired up. If wind tunnel was still a thing, I would be the guy last night who called in to Dave to Spain and just laid into NASCAR and made completely incoherent ramblings, just like I did when I was twelve, and uh, I called into wind tunnel when I was twelve, and during and after, this was right this news to me <laughs> you did not know this no when i was no. 12 when i was 12 i called into wind tunnel 
Um, and this was like, I was trying to call it a wind tunnel because the news at this time had just dropped that the U.S. Grand Prix was not going to come back to Indianapolis for 2008. Yeah. And I was pissed. So I pick up my parents' landline phone. Eh. Gosh, and, how old are we? And dial one eight six six w tunnel And I get the answering machine that it's like, if you want to leave a fired-up answering machine, we might play it. So 12-year-old me just starts screaming into the phone about how much I hate Bernie Ecclestone and Max Mosley and how stupid they are for not coming back to Indianapolis and what a big mistake they're going to make and how awful it's going to be and how great the people of Indianapolis have been. And I was mad. I'd say so. <laughs> Did it ever play? No. Oh. I tuned in the next week, and I was like, oh, are they going to play my fired up? No. They probably didn't want to t- want some 12-year-old kid whose voice hadn't dropped yet. Yeah. <laughs> to, to... Nah, you have a guy like, hey, this guy's saying good stuff. Can you fix his voice? I'm trying, man. I'm trying to. I'm moving all the levers and stuff. I can't fix it. <laughs> Just incoherent, screaming into the phone, and rambling about things I didn't quite fully understand because I was 12. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that that. Hey, you learn something new every day. Yeah. I learned that Rob once called into wind tunnel. Yep. I I I never forgot that experience, and I miss I miss wind tunnel. I wish I could call into it again. And now I actually have coherent points I can. Make. <laughs> We're gonna move on to the featured paint scheme today. <laughs> Because um, I, you wonder if you, you, I wonder if William Byron ever called into Wind Tunnel and was fired up. About I stuff. doubt it. Do you think? You, you, you no, know, he was too busy racing our, our racing on the computer, um, and and trying to get into Liberty University or something. I don't know. Um, I, I have no idea. I am speculating on that. Those are the only, Those are the two only things I know about William Byron, and that. That's bad. Maybe maybe I should interview William Byron and get to know him more. I miss NASCAR Illustrated. I used to read those articles and know like so much more about the drivers that way. Yeah. Because you'd have a straight you could open up the page and it'd be a straight QA and you'd know like I remember reading a I remember going back to when I was a kid, being like eleven ten, eleven, twelve, reading about Casey Mears' sex life. I didn't need to know that, but it was in the magazine. There you go. Okay. It was just in the magazine. Okay. I mean, he also talked about different kinds of racing he liked and all the different kinds of cars, but for some reason they asked him this question and decided to publish it. And I still have that because on the cover it says, it says, Casey Mears talks racing, family, and sex. And I'm like, why? Why are we doing this? But all the other articles were totally normal, except for the article they wrote about Scott Speed. that, That year... Or the huh? best, it probably was the best selling issue that year. Well, no, then I remember in like t- when Scott Speed first came into NASCAR, they they wrote um they wrote a whole article like it was three pages, three full pages in the magazine, um about how Scott Speed had IBS. Okay, it was three whole pages of Scott Speed describing how he lives with IBS. 
in too graphic detail. Gotcha. There were some articles in NASCAR Illustrated that just stuck out to me as just bizarre, and those two are one of them, but I knew about those drivers. So now, whenever I I know odd facts about Casey Mears, I know odd facts about Scott Speed, I know no odd facts about William Byron, but I wish I did. I miss NASCAR Illustrated for that reason. So before I ramble too much, we are going to talk about our favorite Willie B. paint scheme today. Uh, because he's been in in the Cup Series now for about five years, which is crazy to think about. A year, six years. Five, six years? Six years now? Okay. So that's, that's a long, a long time, actually, for, for a Cup driver, and it doesn't feel like it's been that long, but it has been. Uh, and he's coming into his own, he's a good driver in and of itself, but, you know, the, the Raptor paint scheme, uh, it's just not, it's just not cutting it for me. So, well, let's talk about... Better William Byron paint schemes. Josh, you're going to go first. Yeah, for me, I, I've excluded any of his uh, Exalta paint schemes because those honestly would be my favorite ones. So I've just excluded those from my picking, my pool of picking, if you will. Um, so I'm going with actually back to his rookie year, 2018, uh, the Universe paint scheme that he he ran. I always have liked the Universe schemes when they, you know. From the time they started with Casey Kane and you now they're with Chase Elliott. I've all, I don't know what it is, but I've always liked the the design and the template that they've gone with, and they've tweaked it a little bit every year. Um, and I like the, the 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 black and the white and the evergreen shades of green. It's not bright bright green. Um, I don't know. It just it just stuck out to me. And this it's a little bit different. Uh, Universe went to Chase in 2020, uh, but it, this 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 universe scheme, I felt was a little bit better than the one he'd run in 2019, and it, and, and it's just slight modifications, but still, it's, this is my favorite one. And again, I'm ex- excluding any Exalta scheme, so that that was that it would be an Exalta scheme, but I went and said I need to give someone else some love. So universe 2018, and I definitely like it more with the black number than the original white number. I do have the original white number diecast. I don't think they ever made one with the black one. I could be wrong on that one. But remember, wow. I, bought, but I bought the um, the diecast at Indianapolis that year. It had the white number on it. and Because um, it, it's easier to see if they put black right. on it. And it's just, it, just look, it does look better with black. So uh, good, good choices there by... Uh, by whoever the, the decision it was to change the number, obviously to help the spotter, but it does look better. That so, helps. yeah. You know, uh, honestly, for me, I I am going with the Exalta paint scheme, uh, but I I'll I'll, I'll uh, go further um, and say that uh, I'm not going to pick the throwback scheme from Darlington because that'd be too easy, and I would say, well, that's mm-hmm. to Jeff Gordon. That's too Jeff Gordon. It's it's too easy. So I'm going to go with something, an Exalta scheme that I actually did like. Um, and it is actually the Exalta paint scheme from the last two seasons that, uh, that William Byron has run. I am actually a very big fan of this. I'm not normally a fan of minimalist designs, um, especially in racing. I prefer, uh, you know, especially something like that. You're taking kind of an iconic paint scheme or an iconic concept of like, this rainbow uh, Exalta paint scheme, but I honestly I I really like I like it I like it 
I liked it on the Gen 6, and I still like it on the next gen. I, I, I wish they were still racing, running it. I don't like this Raptor scheme that they got going on now. I think I, here, I, not to interrupt you, and I'm sorry, um, but I think everyone at Darlington last year like said, can you just run this flame scheme like full-time, please? Yeah. And That's what we want. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. And we're going to get we're going to take the exalted name off. We're going to put the Raptor scheme on instead. And like, ah. I think and the Raptor scheme is the worst. And they kind of made it better, but it's, it's better than what it was last great. year. But it's not. Yeah, it just yeah, it's not good. They, it, it still it, doesn't they need, hit. They, they need to reverse the black and white. If they reverse the black yeah. and white, it automatically becomes one hundred percent better. Okay, I'm it's not sure great. This- better again terrible terrible radio but this i've got this right in front of me you're you're showing me a Um, picture this this uh, tyler reddick's three chi car last year just like that yeah like that the raptor scheme should be like that but it's then you're just copying the three chi no i know but no you're 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 still putting like i you were talking i was talking about the the inverse the idea yes like it should be white instead of black yes i i just had it i had it here in front of me because i have a Tyler Reddick hero card just sitting on my desk for some reason because when I ordered the $8 t-shirt from 3chi.com mm-hmm. I got sent a whole bunch of like free stuff and free merch and stuff and this was one of them and uh, before I move on into the upshift downshift and speaking of 3chi which is another product that should sponsor the, the show um, have you seen their new Kyle Busch t-shirt that they put out? No. Oh my gosh. Everybody right now, stop what you're doing unless you're driving. Go to 3chi.com, look up their merchant, their Tyler Reddick, or excuse me, their Kyle Busch merchandise. I'm and, going there. Uh, yeah, again, this is why 3chi should, should sponsor us because I'm literally telling people to go to their website despite the fact that they pay me zero money to do this, right? Um, I am just dropping a lot of sponsors that don't even actually give us money or have zero affiliation with us. I'm terrible. Um, they have this new t-shirt out that is, I can almost guarantee is going to be one of the most popular t- t-shirts, probably not even by NASCAR fans, but just you are going to see this shirt probably at NASCAR a lot this year. And you're probably going to see a lot of people order it next week, within the next two weeks. Because mm. in 10 days, there's a special holiday coming up. And no, it's not, it's not a bad day. It's, it's, there's, there's a lot of bad things that happened on this date, but there is also one good, good, good thing. Rob, you're going to have to link it to me and show me to me later. I can't. Uh, oh, my gosh. Right, I'll, just drop, I'll just let the cat out of the bag. It literally says Kyle Cush. Oh. And it's Kyle Bush leaning out of the seat with a pot leaf on the other side of the car leaning out. And there's smoke coming out the back the car, but it's not like smoke from the car. It's like clearly like hot box smoke, weed smoke. It's mm. I, I I I okay. I cannot like seriously. I cannot believe that this is a real licensed NASCAR that, product. Is it actually NASCAR licensed? Yes. yes. Okay. It's, you could buy it on on Three Cheese website, and I, I, I it you it might even be available on the Fanatics. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Josh. 
Uh, upshift, downshift, upshift, downshift. Let's get into this. Uh, if you're new to the show, this is how we debate things when I'm not going off the rails and Josh is yelling at me because he's got stuff to do and I'm delaying his time doing that. Uh, a, uh, we will uh, upshift if we agree, downshift if we disagree, uh, throw it in a neutral if we don't. Remember to play along with the show. Use the hashtag Robin Roller. Uh, tweet at us, at rpeters33, at roller underscore zero one, at Robin Roller. Um, first question here, a choose drone. It was a choose drone was used in place of a painted cone at Bristol. Do you upshift or downshift this, Josh? I not only upshift this, I want to see it at every race. That was too cool. I mean, it's so simple. A drone with with a, with, I don't even know, I'm going to call it an LED light because it looked LED to me. With an LED light frame hanging below it. That was too cool. I need to see it this weekend at Martinsville. I need to see it at the Coca-Cola 600. I need to see it. We need to see it at the Chicago Street Race, if it happens. We need to see it everywhere this year, because that was just too darn cool. Um, it just gives a different angle, all right? It's a different camera view. That They did it this week because out of necessity. Because you can't... I mean, in theory, I guess you could have... Had a guy go out there, run out there with a cone, and come back out and really do it old school. Um, but uh, no, I I think that the drone was is it, it's it's futuristic looking kind of deal, and um, it gives you a cool camera angle. And I don't recall seeing that camera during the truck broadcast. But either someone had the idea, like, uh, hey, why wasn't the camera on? Or hey, why don't we put a camera on this and put it on the broadcast uh, for? For everyone to see kind of going on, or maybe NASCAR needed it for officiating reasons. I don't know. Either way, it was cool. I upshifted it 100%. Loved it. Right on. Okay. Um, I'm going to keep mine short. I don't understand what was so wrong with just putting a cone out there, but I actually do agree that the, the camera shot was kind of cool. Um, so... Yeah, I I guess I'm more neutral about this. I I mean, I, I was glad they kept it charged and stuff. Actually, I saw that they had a, a backup one just in case. Probably good. And, idea. you know, again, it's not a bad thing. Um, all right, I will... Uh, I will go on to the next one here. Fox Sports did not invite any dirt announcers to help cover the play-by-play -play races at Bristol. Uh, do you upshift or downshift this, Josh? Um, I, I downshift this. I know Tony was... was was very knowledgeable on the dirt side to get away with that. But it was clear on the truck broadcast that like Phil Parsons and Michael Waltrip were lost. And I, w I, 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 both those guys, I respect those guys and they're announcing and their uh, booth capabilities. Um, but again, it just kind of shows the incompetence and the lack of care just add it to the list of, to that for Fox, right? Why didn't you invite someone from the World of Outlaws world, uh, World of Outlaws world uh, scene uh, who, who does the announcing to cover it like they did a couple times with the truck series when they were at Eldora? Why didn't you invite someone who has a dirt background or ask Tony, hey, Tony, how many more thousand dollars have we got to pay you to do the truck race on Saturday night too? You're going to be already there doing the cup stuff. Uh, why don't you come in here and, 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 and do the truck race as well? Can you do that for us? It just was 
it was bad. It was bad. They need to have – you're going to do something special like that. If Fox is willing to say, which they do a great job, hey, Andy Lally, you want to come do the truck race at Kodo for us and then hop in the Xfinity car two hours later? Sure, yeah, I'll do that. If you're going to do that with a, for a road course, do it for dirt as well. Put a little effort into it. You know, I, I in general, Fox's broadcast was, was rough. Uh, overall, um, I thought that actually I thought that the truck race broadcast was better than the cup broadcast. But I like Phil Parsons and Michael Waltrip. I but but I do agree that it would have helped to have had someone with like experience racing a truck on dirt. And there's a lot of people that have experience doing that that they could like. I Austin Dillon won the first race, first truck race on dirt. Yeah, I mean, go get him. Yeah, what's he doing? He I mean, had, he, he, he already covers Xfinity races, like, huh? I said he clearly has talent for it. He almost he ran up top three most of the race on yesterday. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, there were options there for Fox. But again, I like, I really like the truck broadcasts when it's Adam Alexander, Phil Parsons, Michael Waltrip. But I do agree with you in that state that it was, it was a bit rough for them. You know, it was it was it was kind of rough for them, despite the fact that I like. I like their chemistry. It was not as informative of a broadcast as it could have been. Right, right. Um, so I, I would upshift that. I would, I would probably upshift that. Um, all right, here's the big one. With three runnings in the bank for the Bristol Dirt Race, do you upshift or downshift that the NASCAR Cup Series belongs on dirt next year? Oh, this is tough uh, for me to answer for obvious reasons, but I just don't. We've, I think it's cool. It was cool in 21. You know, I think like, and we, we learned a lot. The sad part is I think this was the best running. The race actually wasn't that horrible. Um, it was a solid race. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Jonathan Davenport, what his quotes were at, in the medical center after he was t- treated and released. No, no problems there. Um, he was involved in a crash on a lap, whatever that was with, with, Kyle Larson that broke an upper control arm, I think he said, um, on his car. But, you know, that these cars just aren't built for dirt racing, you know. And it's, I think for what what you saw on Sunday is probably as good as it's going to get. Um, however, I will stick to something I've said before in the past and say, you know, it, 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 is there too much banking? Could we go somewhere, another track that, my company I work for owns that doesn't have as much banking um, and put dirt on it. Just saying. It could, could, is that different? And then Kevin Harvick alluded to it too. He says that maybe this needs to rotate. We threw out Richmond last year as a potential dirt race. Yeah, we did. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying we could, we could put dirt on Richmond and see how that goes. It could be good. It could be horrible. It could be bad. I, I don't know. We don't know until you try it. I'm not going to say it was, it was pretty I, fun in NASCAR heat five. Yeah. I, I'm not going <laughs> to say, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say, let's throw dirt on Indianapolis and see how it goes. That's, oh, that's, God. that's, that's dumb. Okay. But there's certain, it's, tracks, it's turn three. That's enough. <laughs> yeah. There's, this, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's a lot of effort for these teams for one race. And it, for, for, the, for the truck series, I think that's okay. It, 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 but for Cup, I, I don't know. I, just, I, just, I think it's um, – if we're going to do it again, we need to try somewhere different. 
that that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. I am, yeah. Um, my my whole thing here is for my answer because I'm I'm kind of fired up about this. Uh, I gotta be straight with y'all. Um, truck trucks, truck races, truck series. I like them on dirt. I think they should have three races on dirt. I think the truck series should have three races on dirt, and I think two of those races should be uh at Springfield and Duquoin, but that will never happen. Um, I can dream and I can hope, but that will never happen. Uh, but that's that's my opinion. Truck series puts on a good show on dirt. I like I said, I enjoyed the truck broadcast. I tr- well, I enjoyed the truck race. Um, but the cup race left a lot to be desired for me. Uh, I just I just don't think these next gen cars are cut out for for dirt. Um, yes, okay, there was a lot of you know three wide racing. There was a lot of um carnage i guess i just i i don't think that bristol is the right place for dirt and and the problem with that is is where can the cup series go that would be anywhere close to the amenities of Bristol. I don't... Right. Th- th- it, you're not going to find a dirt track out there that can compete with Bristol in right. terms of fan experience and in terms of crowd capacity. It's not going to happen. So I, I feel like... I feel like this is one of those deals where I think dirt should just be reserved for the trucks. I, I just... I don't think it's right for Cup. I... I mean, the attendance in Bristol, it's been a little bit better, but it it doesn't seem like it's made a a lasting long-term impact. You know, I think in 21, you could have made the argument, ah, oh, well, it's the first race, you know, that people are still nervous about COVID, uh, you know, maybe people don't want to do that. But by last year, I kind of felt like eh, this place should have, I mean, last year, I felt like it had enough hype with the next-gen car being made with dirt racing kind of in mind, you know. I I kind of expected that one to do well, and and the the attendance, again, was okay, not great, still not what I think they're looking for. And then I figured, oh, well, they had a a, a great race last year, they had a great finish last year, you know, maybe, maybe this year will be different, maybe we'll finally see some packed crowds on the front stretches or the back stretch and no still we were struggling you're struggling to fill the stands or or at the very least large portions of the stands and i just feel like at bristol that's unacceptable especially given how many great recent concrete races i can name off the top of my head like i'm still i mean everybody's replaying that xfinity finish and that was just an Xfinity race at Bristol, you know. And there's been good, really great Cup races at Bristol in the past couple of years because I think drivers have figured out that guys, you know, guys are still bumping each other. They're still doing the bump and runs. It's just not a bottom line. Uh, it's just not a bottom line fest, bottom feeder fest. You know, guys can go up top, guys can go in the middle, guys can go down low, but they're still hitting each other. They're still ramming into each other and. The difference is they're doing it on concrete and not having dirt to do it. 
I I I just feel like this. I'm down. I I I'm downshifting. It doesn't belong on dirt. The Cup Series. Listen to what Richard Petty said. Don't don't go backwards. The sport evolved from dirt. If you want to take the Truck Series dirt racing, I believe that that's great. I believe that you should be trying to take the Truck Series dirt racing as often as you can. I think the trucks put on a great show for dirt racing, but that's because again, it's the trucks. They're a support series. They're not meant to be the top echelon, as Kyle Busch put it. You know, you want to put your best product forward, and I just don't think this is your best product because I don't think it appeals to—it doesn't appeal to NASCAR fans. I mean, it appeals to some. There's, it's just there's a very small overlap of NASCAR fans and dirt fans that actually like this. Yeah. It's, it's just not a big enough overlap. You have dirt fans— that just say this is stupid. You have NASCAR fans that say this is stupid, but then you have that the people in the middle who are like, no, actually, I kind of like this, and unfortunately, there's just not enough of those people, I think, to justify continuing this. So if this is something that they want to do, maybe they throw dirt on it during the summer and bring trucks there in the summer. Maybe that's something they want to consider, but right now, I I just don't know that it's it's the right idea for the cup cars i i have to say um next question here the national motorsports appeals panel has upheld the behavioral penalty levied against denny hamlin for his last lap incident with ross chastain at phoenix raceway do you upshift and down or downshift that josh you know i think this one i'm split i'm gonna upshift because i think the as the rules are written they had to, there there was a there was a case for him to say hey i shouldn't have been penalized for this um but as the rules are written and it it might be hard to change with the current administration at nascar i just don't it's like it's like the rule book actually says any decision you make, or I actually can't remember the wording now, but like basically it says like every decision you make on the track is manipulating the finish, right? Right. So technically. Yeah, technically. So the gray area is 99%. <laughs> there's, there's a half a percent of white and a half yeah. a percent of black. I think um, if Denny had gotten out of the car, this is where I, this is where I kind of issue. If he had gotten out of the car, and said, yep, I intentionally wrecked the guy. But he went on his podcast and said, yeah, I roughed him up. Yeah, I, I took him with me. You know? I, I don't... I, I think we need to open up that rule a little bit to, like, a 21st century deal. We're like, so I'm muzzled, is what you're telling me. And that... Me speaking in NASCAR, like, I, so I'm, I, as a driver, am muzzled. Yes, you are. You cannot say yes. anything you want. And I think that's... I, I downshift that. But as the rules are written, I think the, motor, the appeals board got it right. Denny may not like that. Denny fans may not like that. But I think they got it right this time. I think that was the right, 100% the right call. And they were given a 99% gray area to play with. So, yeah, I, 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 I upshift. Um, I'll disagree with you uh, about that. I think, I think with, again, with Hamlin, is you can't say the quiet part out loud. If you wreck somebody, don't admit it. I, it, we, I feel like we've... We've learned this. We should know this by now about NASCAR, about how they operate. They're consistently inconsistent. So just 
mind your P's and Q's and don't do anything stupid. And Hamlin did something stupid by going on a podcast and saying that he intentionally wrecked Ross. I mean, you... Again, if he just says this quietly to his his crew, you know, that's one thing. If he says, yeah, I wanted to bust his ass, you know, whatever, I... I that's one thing, but when, when you go and make a public comment like that, that's when you're going to get scrutinized. It's, it's going to happen. It's like you, 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 can't, you can't commit insider trading and then go brag about it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can't do it. It, 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 it. What did you expect? <laughs> like, what did you expect? Um, so I, I, don't, I don't hate that. I just don't. I just agree with Hamlin on the fact that the rule should not have been changed until after his appeal was was a decision was made on his appeal. I don't like the fact that they changed the the rule uh the NASCAR changed the rule about how the appeals board works um in the middle of his appeal. I don't like that. I think that was kind of shady. I think that was kind of dirty. Um I'm not a big fan of that. I agree with the ruling, but Again, I, I'm not a fan of how NASCAR determined some of that. Um, next question here. Colleague Racing has, this, has had the same penalty uh, as Hendrick Motorsports, but their penalty was only the loss of 100 team and driver's points. And that was amended to 75 points, but all other penalties were upheld. So this is in regard to, this is in regard to the Louvers again, yep. from, that Hendrick was cleared for. Until they got busted for Greenhouse. So, what's your take on this, Josh? Um, I'm going to do this based off an assumption, because NASCAR's not transparent. We don't know if the level of egregiousness of their Louvre modifications were, as, were equal to Hendrick Motorsports. So, I'm going to sit here and assume two things. One... What they did was more egregious, and two, they did not make as good an argument in court as Hendrick Motorsports did. So, you know, Hendrick Motorsports have been in the sport since 1984. Have seen, the people there have seen a, a, a quite an evolution of how leadership at NASCAR does things. And my guess is the people, it wasn't Jeff and Chad, only Jeff and Chad and Rick in that room making a case. They probably had some lawyers in there too. And these lawyers have been on retainer for Hendrick Motorsports for a good part of two decades. All right? They know the sport well. Not saying Colleg doesn't. Not saying Chris Rice doesn't. Not saying their lawyers aren't as good to get you out of trouble. But they don't have as much experience in this. Hendrick does. So I'm going to say that, A, they were more egregious, and two, again, I'm assuming this, that they were more egregious, and two, they did not make as good as argument. So... Therefore, I have to upshift. If you don't make a good enough argument, that can't help you. That, that, it can't say, well, we're looking at this. You didn't make a good argument, but Hendrick, we gave them a break, even though they made a great, far greater argument than you did. So we're going we're gonna, to, you know, give you the same treatment. No, that's why there were separate cases, you know. As much as I think they should have maybe been together or Hendrick and Colleg should have gone in it together, um, but again, maybe they're they were again more egregious. They're, they say, "Well, you we bent it." Hendrick said, "We bent it one millimeter. You bent it ten millimeters." We're <laughs> stay away from us, yeah. right? Um, I don't know. I upshifted it again. They probably at the end of the day got this right. 
again, I'm basing that off of assumptions, but I'm saying they got that right. Well, I, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you on that take. Um, I think that, I, I, I think that that's probably what it had to do. I mean, it's, it's the same situation. It's, it's the same thing as like a legal proceeding. Two people accused of the same crime. One has a, you know, a top of the line lawyer. The other has a public defender. Who do you think's gonna get off? Right. I mean, it, 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 it that's, that's what it is. It, it, so I think, I, I mean, I guess it's kind of frustrating, but if, if this is a situation where the, the penalty is basically for the exact same stuff, and, because let's say colleague racing is getting kind of the same information as Hendrick, well, Hendrick's probably the one, let's be honest, Hendrick's probably the one that's developing this, so they probably know how to hide it better. And how to frame their perspective better. So I, I agree with you. And it's it's unfair and it's tough, but you know it, it, you're right. If you can't make your case better, it yeah, it's tough. Um, next question here: Fox went to a side by side commercial with 24 laps to go in Sunday's NASCAR Cup Series race. Do you upshift or downshift this uh, decision by the Fox producer? Um. I'm going to go with what my initial reaction was. Like, you're going side by side, even though it's side by side, but you're going to commercial with 24 laps to go with a 20-second lap. Is this for real? This is what we're doing. I text you and I text a couple other people, like, 24 laps to go. Yeah. Dot, 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 dot. I think I might have had a couple more extra dots than that for you or someone else. I don't know. But I was, like, shocked. I'm like... I get it. You were watching the battle for the lead, but I have a, if you're going side by side, I have a greater respect. If you go side by side with 40 laps to go in the middle of a lead lap battle or a lead for, for the lead battle, keeping the camera just on it until something else crazy happens and go to commercial for however many laps it was. It was about going to be about 10. So we were going to get back to, to, to the coverage with 14, 13 laps to go. That's inexcusable. When you're talking like the race is going to be over in six minutes. You're coming back for the commercial? I, I mean, I get it. You're, you've got a lot of time to fill in um, and all that stuff. you got commercials. Commercials pay the bill. Um, I would have preferred them. And You're not going to please everybody. I could be, I don't know what your take is going to be, but I could be on one, one half of this argument and everyone else going, and the other half are going to disagree with me. I could be on like a great minority and say only 10% of people agree with me and the other 90% were like man I think they got it right that can very well be the case but for me again one person out of our however many people were watching that race I, I 24 laps to go I think that's inexcusable take, take it take it take me to side by side with 40 to go do your 10 lap thing come back with 30 laps to go and um yeah just downshift can't put it any other way yeah, I think that, I mean, the race direction in general was, was exceptionally bad. Uh, I mean, I don't know how you miss accidents on a, a half-mile racetrack. I, they don't have enough cameras. They don't have they don't enough have a, They don't have enough people working, period. They don't have enough pit reporters to generate interesting stories. And the ones they do, I mean, Regan Smith should not be a pit reporter. I don't know why he is. He is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm only saying this because he blocked me on Twitter, so I don't really care what he thinks about me. Um, but I, I just... 
I don't know what Fox is doing. It's so frustrating. And, you know, look, I think taking a taking any kind of commercial break with less than 25 laps to go under green is, is egregious in and of itself. Uh, you get that out of the way before. But then again, it's because I... I, I I'm I'm pretty sure from what, how I understand bro- how broadcasting works, Fox surely sells certain a certain number of green flag commercials, you know, um, to to their advertisers because I'm sure their advertisers want to be like have the screen when there's racing on for some reason I don't know, um, and and so they gotta go- fill those quotas. And it's entirely possible that they just had too many gosh darn caution flags, and this was the best that they could do. They were like, "Well, we can, we 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 have to go to one more commercial. Uh, let's try and make it a side by side." Oh crap! We can only do it at with twenty four to go. I mean, it, but it's it's just poor poor foresight, poor planning, poor. It's just overall bad. It's the race direction from NBC is so much better. Like broad broadcast direction is so much better the every broadcast quality is better i fox is fox is getting rough and they've been good they've been better the last couple of weeks but this was this was a rough one this was rough you're right um second to last question here nascar chairman jim france is reportedly dead set against the charter system becoming a permanent fixture in the cup series do you upshift or downshift this josh rob i just want to preface make sure you check the last question here before we before you answer yours um look i downshift i get i get where he's coming from he's worried about the power just just give power to the more power to the owners making it permanent but you know what, buddy? You brought him up early. You said Richard Petty. Sporty evolved and moved on from dirt. Sports got to evolve or it dies, right? The charters, and we texted back and forth on this yesterday. You know, for whatever reason, it was recreated via Rob Coffin, whatever the, the true intentions and what the public and known intentions were. I think charters have actually done good. Are they perfect? No, they're not perfect by any means. I think there's not enough money allocated to the open spots that allow someone to develop a team without having to, you know, w- without having to worry about, hey, am I going to lose my butt this week? Right? Um, I think that's wrong. I think that there needs to be more money for the open teams. I think there needs to be forty charters, and I think there needs to be there needs to be more cars in general on the track and have three open spots. Um, but in this case, the owners, here's my, here's my thing. If all the owners walked away tomorrow, what's NASCAR going to do? Right? We'll talk about that in a little bit. But if he's dead set against the charter system becoming permanent, that's a very, 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 very high hill to die on. Or low, depending upon how, how you think about it. I've, that's that's uh, to me it's a lonely one, and no one's go- there's very few people who are going to join him up there. I I, I think it's kind of it's short sighted by him. I don't think it's. I understand that these came into a into NASCAR when he was not there. You know he the charters came in in 2016. He did not come into NASCAR until after Brian France was ousted. Okay, take a take a strong role. I get that. But they're here. It's it's developed interest without 
the charter systems, I don't think you have 2311 racing in Michael Jordan. I don't think you have Justin Marks. And, uh, um, crap. Pitbull. Uh, Pitbull, thank you. Uh, I don't think you have Pitbull. Yeah, I don't think you have, I don't know what the overall intentions are for Floyd Mayweather in the money racing team, but I don't think you have him interested in it and his group saying, hey, I think this is a good idea to pursue this if the charters aren't there. The charters are wild because Floyd Mayweather is the highest paid athlete in the entire world, and he literally barely boxes anymore. Right. So I think, I don't think it's a horrible idea to say we're franchises without franchises. Right. I, I, I think that it, it is a stake because at the end of the day, what is being assembled, not built, assembled in these team shops are valuable to nobody else outside of racing. Right. A football stadium is kind of valuable to someone else outside of racing or outside of football. Excuse me. There is value there. It can be used for other things. But a race car, what's the value? I can't run this on my street. It's a collector's piece. You're talking about a very small percentage of people who are interested. So the charter adds value. I don't think it should be a way to make money, but it should be say, hey, you don't have to put so much at stake. You don't have to work as hard to get your sponsorship. Because again, the, sponsors just did, the series has evolved. So he's basically say, sitting on this hill saying, yeah, I don't care about your problems. This is, There's a point in time where I think it's good to have a and I'll get about this in the next question. I think it's good to have a Bill France senior or junior take. Like, hey, this is what we're doing. In this case, this is not it. This is not it. Rob, I'll let you say your piece on this one, and then we'll get to the next question. Well, I think, I think in general, um, I, 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 I feel like this is a situation. Look, I. I'm going to be straight with everybody. I, I, I have been a vocal critic of the charter system. Um, I feel very strongly that it, it prevents NASCAR from being what it... I mean, I, I think it, it, it hurts more than it helps. Um, there, are, there are times where you have situations where big-level big level names, big, big names with a lot of money now are more enticed to join the sport as owners like Michael Jordan, like Pitbull, because they know that if the worst case scenario happens and the team collapses, they'll have a way to get their investment back. And I get that. I understand that. They like being able to be involved in a sport, grow their brand, and not really have to take a financial loss. Okay? But racing is not designed to make money. When you try to make money off of racing, everything else suffers as a result. Okay? Racing is just supposed to be natural in its money-making, meaning the sponsors are supposed to be drawn to it. I mean, you need to, yes, pitch, and you need to do your part as well. Um, And the sanctioning body needs to make sure teams are happy as well. But for the most part, you can't you can't try to get more money than there is. Um, and I feel like the charter system is is doing has been doing that. Um, 
And now they've been. And that's not to say that I don't think that there. There's a need for some for you. That I I think having an alliance or a union is not a bad thing. I think it's good. Um, I think if you're Jim France, though, it's actively hurting your sport because I think he wants to expand and do other things that the RTA and the charter system just won't allow right now. And that's that's difficult when you have two groups with differing opinions. And again, I'll talk more about this here in a sec with our last question. I, again, I feel like it's frustrating to me to know that there are there are teams that would like to run the Cup Series, and there are drivers that would be probably like to put together deals to run Cup, but they can't because of a high barrier to entry. And it it's the same reason, you know, a lot of people have the same problem with Formula One, you know, and but I, I think Jim France needs to come up with a, a plan if he's against the charter system. What is his plan? What is your uh, solution? IndyCar has the winner's circle program. Is maybe, maybe that's something. Maybe that's a model to look into. You know, similar to, like, the top 35, but, like, it's, hey, the top so many teams in IndyCar are are um allowed to there they get a piece of this this money pool you know so it's like if you invest your money and you invest in the racing product then you're more likely to get more money in in in, in response in, on that term it also means that there's a lower barrier to entry because newer teams don't have to pay some high entry cost just to be able to field a team they could if they could buy a chassis and secure an engine lease they can go racing you know and if they go racing enough and 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 long enough then they're entitled to more race to, to more money so if they you know finish in the top in the top 20 in points in their first year then hey boom they get they get money but if they don't well then they didn't have all that money to begin with and you know they have to work to to get things better or they drop out. But that doesn't mean that that still means that hey, they had a chance. New teams had a chance and some and a lot of team owners know that going in. Like, hey, I know I'm going to to lose money. But NASCAR has these big names now that have been sold on this idea, hey, you can get into racing without having to lose money. Yeah, I, I, and I don't know if that's 100% true. So if 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 the team goes under, they can just sell the charter and get a percentage of their money back. Well, why did that team go under? Let's say let's say why did that get a percentage of the money back? Yeah, but I think yeah, I don't see Trackhouse and Pitbull. I don't know what Pitbull's ownership stake is, but I don't see him in a situation where anytime soon where Trackhouse also goes belly up, and it wasn't because of bad, poor financial decisions by our managerial decisions by the team that that led to them having to sell their charters, right? I, I don't think I, I I I don't. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. Let's say something goes wrong with okay, who's the who's the okay Redskins or the the the, the, the commanders in Washington right mm -hmm. now, right? 
they're probably going to get sold. Snyder's made some bad decisions. Yes, I that, hope they get sold. They're going to get he's going to get his money back and then some. But it was that poor decisions by him that led to that that he's having to sell out. Right. right? I don't think that's wrong in racing, and I think I think it makes it more attractive because as before, yeah, you're you're talking about barrier barrier of entry. I think if you give the open teams, if if you say, let's say the per the a charter team wins the Daytona 500, okay, and and that purse for the winner with a charter team is two million, okay, okay. I don't. I'm spe- I don't know. I'm making up these numbers. But an open team wins it. They get two hundred thousand. That is wrong. Wrong. That's a barrier of entry. That is that is caused by the owners and then the money stake because they want more money, which they deserve. Why don't you say okay? If a charter team wins the Daytona five hundred, they get two hundred. They get they get two million. If an open team gets it, they get one point seven. Yes, three hundred thousand dollars. That's a major difference, but that's more. Kate, okay, that's more slice. She's got to get more money for the open teams because if the open team comes in, if Junior starts a Cup team and they start doing good and they're they're doing well, that means a charter team is going down, right? So mm-hmm. someone's charter, because of the way it's based off of, it's based off of uh, how well you finish the last three seasons with that charter, that individual charter. If X team starts doing poorly and finishes 34th, 35th, and 36th in points in the, in the charter order, their charter is not worth a whole lot. Junior could walk in and go, you know what, buddy? You're not doing so well. I'm doing great. Let me buy your charter form from you. That's business, baby. Right? I, I, I don't think that... And they say, hey, here's some money. I just gave you, let's say it's $25 million. Try to go improve your program and take it away from somebody else. Take a charter away from someone else. Because of it, because it's all a cycle, right? And it's not going to be a cycle of the top twenty guys. It's going to be a cycle of the, the bottom ten. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. No, I, I mean I think you made a good point, and I, I I just I don't disagree with Jim France, but I just hope that he has a replacement in mind. I don't think he for does the charter system. No, I, don't I don't think, think he, he does, does either. I think, I think he wants he to go back to 1940. 1940- the 1950 rules and say I'm the boss, but that doesn't and, fly. So no, sorry, you're right. I'm not opposed to charters. I'm not opposed to them. I think you know I've seen how well a concept like the charter system can work in supercars. I mean they have they have what, what, they're, what they're called the racing entitlement contracts. They're not called charters. They're called racing entitlement contracts. And but but operates very similar, and and I think it works there. You know because it. If if a team goes under, they can just sell that racing entitlement charter to a team that that wants to compete. Right. And, but the difference, there's really not much of a difference. Um. So I think it works. It just the all sides have to agree to it, and I don't think all sides agree to it. No. And that's no. what's killing the whole situation. So we'll, with that said, we'll move on to the final question. Um. With NASCAR team owners boycotting last week's meeting with NASCAR. And a media deal that is uh, needed to be completed ideally by the fall. Are your concerns for a NASCAR split growing? Upshift or downshift that, Josh? I hate to say it, but it's not at, I'm not at like DEFCON 1, which is the highest, by the way, not DEFCON 5. I'm not anywhere near DEFCON 1 yet, but 
I got closer to moving from DEFCON 5 to 4. You know, it's not a good sign. It sounds like, hey, the money thing has worked out. I hope, my hope, my whole hope has been with, with the money deals. Like, you know, we're getting basically over the last 10 years, NASCAR has gotten, an, on average, a billion dollars a year from Fox and NBC combined. My hope is, like, hey, maybe for the next five, because I don't want a 10-year contract, because a lot of things can change in 10 years. So they get a five-year contract. My hope is like, okay, we'll, let's get $1.5 now per, per year on average. I think that'd be great. Now take that money, that, that extra money that you're getting, and let's give 80% of it to the teams. Let's get more money for the trucks, get more money for Xfinity, let's get more money to the open cars, and let's get money for, for all the charter teams as well, and then let's add four charters. That's my ideal world, right? So whatever the money situation is, it, by what I've read, it seems like that's good. But the charter thing is what has held it up. And then when you talk about NASCAR's just laying down the law with these penalties, it's like, okay, my biggest problem is right now, who's running the show? I want someone to go, I want someone to come up there, lead the sport and say, I'm not the press secretary. I'm not the guy in tech. I'm not the guy who's who's running the, the broadcast. I'm not the guy who's doing this. But when there's an announcement that needs to be made, I'm the guy you're hearing from. Right? Right like now we're Helton hearing guy. Uh, you know, like a Mike Helton type. Like speaker. a Mike Helton, but I want I want someone with more authority who's who's got ownership stake. So I need a I need I need a France or a Kennedy to get up there and say I've reviewed it with our technical inspectors. And this is the penalty we're giving X team. I've reviewed it with our competition department, and this is the decision we're going to go with, and this is how it's going to be moving forward. I don't need to hear from five different people a week. That's the problem right now. And I think that's a problem that some team owners have. Who's running the show? Who's steering the ship? NASCAR saying it's the owners. The owners are saying we don't know who it is. I get that. I understand. I I I just. I upshift the growth. The the concern of growth did did go up this week. It did. I don't even know where to begin. How to answer the question? Do you think it's going to happen? I don't even know where to begin on that. But I can tell you right now, the owner the the owners are very important in this sport. And I'll go back to the point I was making earlier. If there's a if something happens tomorrow and no one shows up to the track at Richmond, what's NASCAR going to do? Right, the owners say, "Hey, we're gonna go. We're gonna go with X person. We're gonna create a new series. A new series, and all thirty-six charter teams leave. What's NASCAR gonna do? You had some great advertising this weekend. That's great. Awesome job. But you you need you need the you need the drivers and you need the teams in order to make this work. And that's the same for every league." If all of a sudden the NFL team said, you know what, we're, we're, we're not going to play for three years um, and we're going to go create a new league and we're going to rename all our teams because you own, you technically have rights to these, our brands, but we're going to rename them and it's basically going to be the same thing. We're going to be the Fort Worth Cowboys instead of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to be the, we're going to be the, the Carmel Colts instead of the Indianapolis Colts, you know? We're going to do all these things. The NFL screwed, right? You need your teams and your players. NASCAR needs their team owners and their drivers. There, need, there needs to be a compromise. It can't be all take from the teams. But 
like you didn't, like I mentioned, and like you you mentioned earlier with with Rich Petty, you got to learn to evolve. And we're at a crossroads right now with with this sport, probably the biggest crossroad they've ever come across. It's like that picture of that Chinese interstate where there's like twelve lanes on either side, but you got twelve lanes trying to cross twenty four lanes of traffic. That's where we're at right now. And um, yeah, I I the, it grew. I'm not at DEFCON 1 yet, but I got closer to turning the dial to DEFCON 4. And uh, from 5, from 5 to 4. I, I don't, I, it's um, a split 95 times out of 100 is not going to be a good thing. Right? It's not going to be good. And the likelihood is the split, it's more like going to be like something new and one died. Right, that's going to be it. In this case, in this situation, this isn't going to be a car IRL thing where the two things last for ten years by themselves in, in a split. There's not going to be. It's going to be something, something uh, split, and the other half died. That's what's going to happen. So, that's my answer. Um. Yeah, this is. I'm. The RTA has the resources. I think where they could do a breakaway series. I don't know. I mean, this is this is not cart IRL. This is more cart USAC-esque, where just the teams have an issue with the sanctioning body. Um, but it never ends well. No. You know? It never ends well, no matter what. Um, and I don't... It, I don't know that they'll split per se, but I'm not. Gosh, I don't. This one's tough. I don't necessarily believe that a split is is coming, or that one is inevitable. I think we can avoid it. My only concern is if NASCAR cannot secure the media rights deal that the RTA is demanding, they they secure in the time frame by which they secure, I think then things could start getting very rough. Now, the reason why I'm concerned mainly for that media deal, too, is, as you've mentioned, uh, that's where all the money's going to come from, probably. Yeah. But, but, there's that huge but, ratings are down. Like, the ratings are not what they were. Television, the television model is not what it was when this contract was signed in 2013 right it is entirely different so i am completely nervous that nascar will not be able to get anywhere near because they're there look the sports people are cutting the cord and canceling cable because sports networks are gouging cable providers in order to pay for the rights fees that sports are demanding from the broadcasters. The broadcasters need the sports in order to have content, and the sports need the broadcasters in order to provide revenue, but there's not enough people watching either of them to justify the costs anymore. I mean, except for maybe the NFL, I'm pretty sure... the day of reckoning will come. Yes, eventually. I mean, it's, ratings 
for all sports are down across the board. Baseball is struggling. I love Mariners baseball, but baseball is struggling and has had to find ways to adapt. Yeah. Um, like banning the shift, like the pitch clock this year, um, which I admit, I like those. This isn't a baseball podcast, but I will say I, I, um, I was a fan of those rules. Um, despite that, uh, baseball is not going to be able to get big money. If Bally Sports goes under which it's probably going to go soon. Yep. I don't know who's going to give baseball teams anywhere near the kind of money that Bally was. You're going to have to go to streaming, and streaming services are usually not as occupied with sports unless you're ESPN+. You know, Amazon is going after it. And they haven't had enough interaction, but they haven't had to push it either. No, they haven't had to push it. So it would be like, oh crap, we gotta start pushing this, these these products. Right, yeah. right. Uh, and it, you're going to see NASCAR is either going to have to find other ways to make revenue, like maybe developing their own streaming service that they then sell direct to consumer. Yeah. And and to be honest with you, I don't. Th- I I feel like especially in international regions, that's the way to go right now. I, you, you see how much success it has with supercars. You see how much success you've had it with IndyCar. F1 TV has been such a massive success. It's doable. It's doable. You can grow the sport by offering international viewers streaming and still get revenue off of that. It, it can be done. It can be done. That's an option. But again, if, if NASCAR and these media companies cannot come up with the money that the RTA once, yes, I fully believe that a split, I, a split would be closer to happen, and I don't want that to be true. I genuinely do not want this to be true. The last thing we need is a split, especially in this situation where one will surely fail and the other one will likely succeed. Yeah. Um. Now and then again, again, this could also be NASCAR, fur- or excuse me, team owners furious with NASCAR management. I mean, there's been a lot of turnover in NASCAR management since the introduction of the charter charter system. There's been a there. I don't. It's been a very tumultuous decade for NASCAR yes. from a from from a management standpoint. And I'm talking, I'm talking that's that's dating back to 2012, 13. Right. You're absolutely correct. Uh, and you know, you could be seeing situations like that where you know these team owners just decide, you know, we can we can run a better series. And that's exactly how CART USEC was. CART team owners were like, we can run a better series than this. We can do better. Yep. So we're going to stage our own races. And they did. And what happened to USEC? They got entirely out of championship car racing. And eventually they got out of stock car racing. Because there was better alternatives that were run better. And USEC couldn't keep up. The only thing USEC's ever been able to keep up with as a sanctioning body has been dirt racing, or silver crowns, or mid- midget races, or sprint yeah. cars, stuff like that. They failed in stock cars, they yeah. didn't succeed in sports cars, yeah, yeah, it's... They, they have failed yeah. in a lot of those cases, and even then, when they were still sanctioning the Indy 500, they screwed up so bad that Tony George was like, good lord, I'll just do this myself, the very next race. 
Well, it was one race after that because they failed at Texas, the first Texas race. No, yeah, yeah well, no, 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 no. They failed at uh, Indy. Yeah. They failed at Indy because they threw the the green white flag yeah. without telling anybody on the last yeah. lap, and then the very next week they had the horrible screw up the thing with Foyt and Lindyke, the Billy Boat and Ari Lindyke, and by the very next IRL race they were they were done. Tony yeah. George was like, "You're you're done. You're done. Yeah. We've moved on. We've moved on from USAC. The era of USAC and the Speedway is over." Yeah, and and that was that. You can't keep using up your chances. Um, so it it's a situation where you know NASCAR NASCAR needs to be on its toes. I mean, you you have to learn from history and try and prevent this. I feel like I feel like we've seen this enough. I read enough about this in history books, racing history books, that we should know how to prevent these by now. Well, so I, I would hope... go back huh? to human human history and that we don't learn from our uh, in human nature not to learn from our our past. Unfortunately, uh, don't tell me that. I like to think that we'll do the right thing, but we'll see. I am concerned, though. I am upshifting that I am I am kind of concerned. I am nervous, like that picture of the dog that has. Is wearing a vest that just says nervous. That's yes. me right now. That's me right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's, yeah, yeah, I think, I think we all have a right to be nervous. Yeah. All right, let's talk about uh, the weekend wrap up as we finish up the upshift downshift. Remember to play along. And if you are a Spotify listener, you can answer the Spotify question of the week right in your app. Uh, weekend wrap up Super Formula debuted its brand new chassis, the SF23. I loved it, it produced fantastic racing. Um, I was thrilled with this Super Formula race. It was great. I felt like uh, both races of the weekend ha- were packed with lot, plenty of overtaking. Um, ex- interesting strategy. Uh, I was really uh, interested in a lot of the storylines coming in there. Um, unfortunately, the way the only way to watch it right now, I guess, is you have to subscribe to Motorsport.tv. Uh, Super Formula has, I guess, discontinued their uh, YouTube membership program. Um, so I guess if you want to watch English language commentary, you got to go to motorsport.tv now. Um, or I guess they got Super SF Go, which is an app, and that might be a direct consumer, but I, I didn't really look into that as much. Um, but it was a good, it was a very good race. Again, a, a very stacked, uh, Super Formula, uh, uh, very stacked Super Formula grid this year. Uh, and, Ray, and Liam Lawson, man, wasted no time. They were talking about in the broadcast, he became the first driver uh, in almost half a decade in Super Formula to win on debut. So Liam Lawson was the first Super Formula driver to win in their first Super Formula race in about 50 years, they said. That was on the broadcast, race broadcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, it, 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 that's a long time coming and they 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 were talking about how uh it took pierre gasly a couple of races before he was able to get a super formula win um but liam lawson did it race one of his career and almost did it in race two um so there was there was an awkward caution and so liam lawson he didn't he didn't have the greatest uh race two he didn't have the greatest uh qualifying position but basically what happened, there was an awkward, awkward caution that came out, and basically the entire field pitted under safety car, okay? Uh, and Liam Lawson's team tried 
to double stack. And when they were trying to double stack, Liam Lawson held, uh, just kind of went pretty slow on pit road and started holding people up behind him so that, you know, he could, you know, he could allow more time for the team to service his teammate and then he could go pit. Well, they gave him a five second penalty for that. Mm. So he was going to have a podium position and it dropped him off the podium down to like fifth or sixth, I think. So pretty rough. Pretty rough go about it. Uh, I was actually really surprised because then uh, another team, uh, Ryo Hirakawa, uh, he was given a penalty, like, right at the start. And so he came in and served his penalty and then came in and made a pit stop. Or, excuse me, he did make a pit stop. And so when that caution came out, he was, like, the only guy who didn't stop and waited until, like, the very end of the race to stop. And he, it looked like he was going to get at least, at the very least, the points finish, which was something that I didn't think he was going to get before. Uh, and then suddenly, as he's coming out of the pits, you could tell that they, the pit crew screwed up and didn't get one of the wheels on, right? Mm. And you, could, you, you just see him struggling to get traction off pit road, like something's wrong with the car. And I'm like, no, no, he was about to come out in front of this guy. He was, oh, no. I was like, I really thought he was going to gonna score points and just ah ah it doesn't happen but uh tomokino jerry uh wins from pole in race two in super formula and uh, again uh, fuji is a great racetrack too i wish f1 ran there still um yeah and uh i want to say something if you didn't watch a super formula race it's okay it's okay uh don't don't blame you those races were on at uh, 1 a.m so don't i don't blame you for probably not watching but I will say one of the neatest things about the Super Formula cars is just how much they sound like indie cars. And so how Fuji is, Fuji's got this long straight. Yeah. They've got this um, camera angle at Fuji that I really love that was right above the, the, um, the starting lights of the starting grid on the start. And so when you, 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 it, it points like right at the cars coming on. And when they go right under underneath you, it it sounds like you're. It sounds like it's Indianapolis. That's like cool. those cars are, are are flying through there at super high speeds, almost hitting like 190 into the because it's like the it's Super Formula Indy cars so very same. I think they use very similar engine combination. They have they both have push to pass. Uh, they both have push uh, like a push to pass system. They don't call it push to pass in Super Formula, but. Um, they both have a similar system to that, uh, and, and uh, they both have chassis made by Delara. So the Super Formula chassis is kind of racy. It's pretty racy, kind of like the IndyCar chassis. Um, so it was uh, it was a good race. Uh, again, I highly recommend if there's a Super Formula race on that isn't on at 1 a.m., like one that's on more like 11 p.m., maybe midnight, uh, where more people might be able to see it, I recommend checking one out because... Uh, there's some good races this year, and I think this new chassis is going to put on a pretty fun show. Um, moving on to the NASCAR stuff, uh, Craftsman Truck Series race at Bristol Dirt uh, was won by Joey Logano, which I did not expect going into I the race. I didn't expect it either. No. Uh, I mean, a lot of you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, it's a Cup driver. Of course they're going to win." And I didn't expect that. I'm like, again, dirt is kind of the great equalizer with NASCAR. You know, well, the guys who you expect to do well don't. I was expecting huh? to fall off. You know, yeah. a little bit like he got to a regular start. Um, and then he just, yeah, just didn't just 
couldn't get it done. But I, I, I think it was funny. Uh, Michael Walter, I think it was Michael Walter, said, I said, man, if I'm Tom and Jeske, I'm going to Duke and Ron. saying, why did he get the best stuff? <laughs> you know? He's, I know, he's yeah. Nice. Um, Ty Jeske was, Ty Jeske looked fast, too. Like, he looked Ty like Majeski he was. looked really good. I think if Logano wasn't in that race, he was probably going to be the guy who won. Yeah. I think I think if you take Joey out of it, the clear winner was was Ty Majeski. Yeah, I don't think there was anyone else who was really challenging him. I thought Jonathan Davenport had a good truck race. Um, kind yeah, of I was impressed with up. him. Um, had a good. I think he had a top twenty car in Cup, and I think he had maybe a top fifteen truck in 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 the Truck Series for that being his first two times in a NASCAR. Stock car, you know. I oh, think yeah. that was pretty good. There were some really good. I mean, Haley Deegan was even running in the top. Haley Deegan, you know, hey, dude, Haley Deegan looks so good. She, the thing that impressed me about Haley Deegan was immediately in her, uh, in her heat race. I was so amazed because she, I heard on, she's like, oh, the car's car's really car's pretty tight. We need to we need to fix the car. It's pretty tight. And she goes and passes like four cars. Yeah. Like with a totally tight race car, with an ill handling race car, just passes four cars like it's nothing. She, I'm I mean, like, she, oh, okay. Kyle bushed the field. Like, this car sucks. Kyle, you're still passing people and you're two seconds faster than everybody. It sucks. You know? Yeah. That's, you know it's, but, but she had like a it top. Sucks. I can't catch the leader. <laughs> yeah. I know she had a Thor Sport truck, and I know we just praised two Thor Sport guys, Logano and Majeski, but she legitimately had like a top five truck that race. She just kind of got caught off on some unlucky restart breaks that. Mm-hmm. Shuffled her to the back. I, I firmly believe that if Haley Deegan was in the Xfinity series or in a dirt late model, she'd have several wins right now. I agree. I agree. I think it. I think. I think she should be doing doing more Xfinity races for sure. And and she's a, obviously a heck of a dirt racer. She's got. She should be running Xfinity races on on Saturday and and dirt late model races during the week. That's my opinion. Yeah, fair that would be the ideal thing. And and maybe throw in some Trans Am just for fun because she's not bad in. In a trans not bad on road courses. No. Not bad. Not great, but not bad. Yeah. Throw, throw in some Trans Am there, and you've got a recipe for really capitalizing on her skills, man. Yep. You've got a good recipe for the capitalizing truck, hey, on her skills. What have we said on here? The truck just doesn't suit her driving style. It doesn't. It, it really doesn't. doesn't. And nothing was more obvious than watching her at Bristol Dirt, where it's like she's got so much more pace than normal. Mm-hmm. And, and she's, you know, she didn't have the greatest race. Overall, I mean, she kind of struggled. She was kind of in the middle of the pack. But again, I think that's just because dirt is an equalizer and the heat races are, I think, a better indicator yeah. of how cars are running because there's less cars on the field, on the track yeah. sometimes. Uh, but yeah, she looked qu- quick. She looked quick, just not necessarily when she was back on traffic, which nobody but, looked quick when they were in traffic. So yeah, that was, but that was the same for anybody. I mean, yeah. Larson wasn't able to really. She just didn't have track position. Yeah, she just didn't have the track position she needed during the race. I think if she had the track position like a time of Jeske, she would have been fine. Didn't have the track position like from the middle of stage two onward. No, yeah, exactly. But I mean, it was still good race. Zane Smith was making some moves out there. I didn't expect that. Uh, Chase Briscoe was running the ripping the top in the truck. Uh, There was a lot of guys that broken finger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so good, good, good stuff. It was, it was, it was fun. I, I, like I said, I like the, I like, I like the trucks on dirt. I like the trucks on dirt. It's cup on dirt that I, I got. The fun on dirt. I mean, yes, the trucks are fun on dirt. I, I, I like your, your, they should be going to the mile, the dirt tracks. I think that'd be cool. 
they need to be going back to Eldora. Tony, but Tony, I don't think is Tony's probably got the biggest axe to grind with NASCAR. He's probably right. saying, "All you other owners, get in line behind me." Yeah, <laughs> I got some stuff to sort out. Um, because Eldora put on some great truck races back in the day. Knoxville was not good. There's a point where there's too much banking and then not enough, and it's also true. Probably the con the the, the composition of the soil has yeah. something to do with it, and Knoxville just. Granted, the second race at Knoxville was better than the first, but it was still not anywhere near it, the the worst Eldora dirt race. Yeah. I want to say something about the the uh, Bristol dirt because um, Christopher Bell was the victor at the, in the Cup Series, and I want to say something about this too. Um, the track prep, I I was critical I was critical of the track or lack of track prep, but I actually felt like. Um, you know, I felt like the the track when it was nice and prepped at the beginning, you know, it was a little bit too slick, but you know, there was a sweet spot like the first couple of like I know huh? you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. There was like a nice sweet spot in the truck like in the beginning of the truck race. And and I, I obviously it's tough. You're not it's tough to like work on the track and rewater it and everything between stages and stuff. I, I get yeah, it. You're nailing, you're nailing it. It's it's like tough to do that. I dirt wish races, they could do that, but yeah. Dirt races are not designed to go 250 laps. No, they're not. They're really they're, not. They're not 250 laps with um 37 race cars that weigh 3,000 pounds. On yeah. I forget how many degrees of banking it is. Yes, you can go back in the NASCAR records and find 200, 250 lap races, but even then you're going to see like, oh, by the way, they had 25 cars, and you look back at a at a newspaper article, and drivers were avoiding the big rut in turn two, so they were going high, and there was no one yeah. in turns one and two because they had to avoid the rut. But in turns three and four, that's where the passing was going down. It's just not designed to go that long. The rate right. you're absolutely right. Like the truck race had like a real like the length was sweet spot. Oh, it's perfect. The rank, the 150 last was a sweet spot. So it's almost like, can I throw this out there? Don't shoot me. They got, and someone's got snipers around here. I know someone does. You know, these, these NASCAR dirt fans don't like them. I, I should a dirt race at, if we go back to Bristol next year, should, should Speedway Motorsports and NASCAR go to, go to Fox and say, hey, we're going to we're going to split this race into two. Run a 150 lap race lap uh, lap race on Saturday and a 150 lap race on Sunday, and we're going to have 37 points races in the season instead of 36 because we're going to split it into two. Should should that be a thing and run trucks on Friday night? I'm just saying, is that an idea? If that would help improve, I think the the racing product a little bit because you would because you're you're hitting that sweet spot. You're hitting yeah. that 150 lap sweet spot that with trucks were when the truck race ended, it was great. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I know that might be crazy, but that's how I uh, feel. Uh, yeah, I, that's a tougher solution. I, my, my, you know, harebrained band aid is just run, run Xfinity and Cup on concrete and then throw the trucks on dirt in the middle of the summer. Yeah, I think when you, you look at, if you pay attention to everything, you know, it's not, this isn't the only thing that Bristol's running on the dirt. They're running a bunch of other series right. on there. So, I, and I don't, I, I don't want to, again, I work for Speedway Motorsports, so I don't really know every little thing, and I won't claim to, but 
I kind of thought about too, like, should they there just throw dirt on it like a week after this, and then do all your stuff in the summer? I don't know, but it's yeah, yeah. I, 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 trucks on I dirt. Know, like, the rain helps the track stay moist, so yeah. I'm not. It kind of fixes itself, you yeah. know. If it starts yeah. raining at Bristol, you don't have to throw the red flag. It, right. It, it might mean the race might start picking up. <laughs> right. Right. So. All right. Uh, outstanding performance, Josh. Go ahead and give yours before we move on and finish wrap up the show. I'm pulling a Rob Peters here, everybody, and Fair. I'm picking three people. Uh, Caden Honeycutt, top ten for Roper Racing. Great run. Great run by him. Um, I think if I look at the best cars, Lugano, best trucks, excuse me, Logano, Majeski, Deegan, Roper, and maybe Crafton. Not they were all Fords, but I don't think really Ford had anything to do with it. I just think it was those guys, right? And Gal behind the truck were doing a great job. Um, and those were, I think were the best five trucks there last night. Um, maybe Zane Smith as well. You throw Zane in there. Jake Garcia back to back top tens after I don't, which has been like I think a very disappointing start to 2023, where his teammate Christian Neckis is kicking butt. Uh, and finally putting Bill McAnally in Truck Victory Lane a couple weeks ago. And then I just want to give a shout out to Daniel Dye for being Fox Sports in-race cameraman. I mean, he's everywhere. Um, he's not doing anything really great on the track, whether it's on pavement, dirt, or if there's right turns included. He's not doing anything special. But um, dang, he's, he's, he's there when Fox needs him. So good, good for Daniel Dye. <laughs> Uh, I'm giving my outstanding performance, uh, honestly, just to Liam Lawson. Um, I was, I was really, really impressed with his performance in Super Formula um, to come in as a rookie and win on debut, and to take it to the series veterans as quick, as hard as he did. People who, you know, it's 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 kind of an even playing. I mean, the chassis isn't that different. It's updated, but it's not like a drastic overhaul. So. It was. It's not like it's a completely level field with the new playing field with the new car, but um, I still felt like you know Liam Lawson. If if he's not an F one, he's either gonna be a, just continue to be a beast in Super Formula, or the guy is gonna get moved somewhere where he's just gonna have incredible incredible luck uh, if he doesn't stay in Super Formula or if he doesn't move to F one. Um, Josh, go ahead and take it away with your featured uh, season and bring us on home. Bring the show home. Well, the Xfinity Series was off this week, so I'm going to give them a little bit of more love, and there was no news for them either this week either. So uh, the Xfinity Series was formed in 1982, so that's where I'm going with the 1982 NASCAR Budweiser Late Model Sportsman Series. That's a mouthful. We complained about the – you complained about the the NASCAR gander – uh, RV and outdoors trucks there, <laughs> um, but this one was about this was this was this even predated that one. Um, this basically was NASCAR elevating a an existing late model division to a national level. The inaugural season opened at Daytona International Speedway on February thirteenth, nineteen eighty two, and concluded on October thirty first at Martinsville Speedway. Only five drivers made all 29 starts, with a sixth making 28 starts. Those did finish in the top six in points. Um, but starting with the 10th place, who made 15 starts, was Bob Shreves. He scored one pole, eight top tens, and five top fives. In ninth was Butch Lindley. He made 14 starts, earned two poles, 10 top tens, nine top fives, plus uh, four wins. 
at Richmond 2, South Boston 2, Richmond 3, and Martinsville 3. So there were a few tracks here that, that made the made it more appearances than the customary 2. Um, that is in modern NASCAR racing in general, I, I think. Uh, in 8th place was Jimmy Lawson. He made 18 starts, 5 top 10s. Uh, Pete Silva finished 7th, scoring 8 top 10s and 5 top 5s. Now, finishing in 6th and making 28 of the 29 starts was Dale Jarrett. He didn't vic- visit victory lane, but scored 14 top 10s, 1 top 5. In 5th place was Phil Parsons. He had 2 poles, 18 top 10s, and 5 top 5s, and he won the first race at Bristol that year. Tommy Houston finished 4th with 18 top 10s, 11 top 5s, and won Richmond 1 in Hickory 4. In third was Tommy Ellis, won five poles, 16 top 10s, 13 top fives, and one at Langley 2. As a racing reference names it as Hampton. It's a little confusing for everyone. He knows Hampton, Georgia, Atlanta. And I'm like, hold on a second. That's not right. I want to double check, and I forgot that Langley is actually located in, in Hampton, Virginia. Uh, Runner-up in the final standings was Sam Ard, who finished with 10, uh, a top 10 23 times. 20 top five, seven poles, and one at Martinsville one, South Boston one, South Boston three, and Martinsville two. And then the inaugural champion was Jack Ingram. He earned only one pole, but kind of sweat knocked the field on its feet here. 24 top tens, 23 top fives, and had seven wins. Hickory one, Langley one, Asheville, Caraway two, Bristol two, Hickory five, and Hickory six. Yes. The series traveled to Hickory six times. Good Lord. Yes. Now, some other winners. If you if you kind of did the math there, I told you there. I don't. I think I actually told you. Well, I did. Twenty nine starts. Not all twenty nine races were listed here, so I'm going to go over the people who won the other races, but just didn't finish at the top ten in points. Morgan Shepard won at Hickory two and IRP. Jeff Bodine won at Darlington. Dale Earnhardt, senior, won at Daytona and Caraway one. I forget how many times Dale Earnhardt won the season opener race at for the Bush Series, but it was a lot. Like he was like from 1982 to 1994, the dude was kind of unstoppable in the season opening Bush race. Uh, John Settlemeyer, uh, Settlemeyer, excuse me, uh, Hickory. He won at Hickory three. David Pearson won at Rockingham. Harry Gant won the uh, first Charlotte race, and Daryl Waltrip won the second Charlotte race. And Joe Rutman won at Dover. So there you go, a snapshot of the 1982 NASCAR Budweiser Late Model Sportsman Series. What is today the NASCAR Xfinity Series, which is far easier to say and abbreviate. Could you be the NBLMSS Series? Oh, that, Lord. That, sound, that sounds almost like a disease. Um, NXS is a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> NXS is a, lot, is a lot better. I mean, heck, you know, even back in the day, like the, the Bush Grand National Series, NBGNS. Yeah, yeah. That that was even easier to say than this. And there was only like one less word. But anyways, I was yeah. usually just BGN. I just called B- it BGN. Yeah, that's true. Bush true. National. Yeah. yeah. Good old days. Good old days. All right, Rob. Oh, that yeah. that was it for that. Uh, I just thought oh, this is cool. If you're ever really interested in seeing the the early part of the Bush series, mm-hmm. spent a lot of time in like literally the southeast, and they went to tracks oh, yeah. like Martinsville, Hickory, um. Orange County, I think, had a couple of years where they had more than two races. Um, 
Yeah, there there are several tracks that that got more than two, and Hickory was one of them. Hey, bringing NASCAR to IRP back then was huge in and of itself. Yeah, and it was kind of cool. Like if you actually look at the old IRP dates, they 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 kind of like said, well, when has the Bush Series gone to IRP typically? Oh, this weekend, late July, first late last weekend in July, first weekend in August. That's where we'll put the Brickyard 400, first weekend of August. That's kind of what they did. Well, they had. That's when as long as it wasn't in May, they had the whole rest of the year open. Right, right. Well, they especially like, uh, you're ava- we're available from June 7th on. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. We, we are available from June 7th to May 1st. Uh, pro- well, yeah, pro- they probably even didn't want that. They probably would have said October 1st because they didn't want to be, they didn't want to take the thunder oh, away well, from yeah. the 500, you know, that's that, true. That would build up. Yeah, yeah. We're uh, June, 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 and here on out. <laughs> Probably not later than October. You're right. Yeah. All right. Let's take a look at what's in the windshield. Uh, there's a lot of races happening this week, but only three racing series. But lots of racing is happening in those. Uh, IndyCar. They'll bring in Indy NXT and all that stuff, and then IMSA as well. They'll all be in streets of Long Beach this weekend. That'll be fun. Always love the Long Beach Grand Prix. A great, great weekend. Love it for IndyCar. Always love it because it's. I think the Long Beach Grand Prix is. Always the sign to me personally that it's about to get warm outside. Like yeah, that's, that's, a good, that's a good, that's a good, good point. So you would really hate my idea that Long Beach should end the season. You really I don't hate it, it, but I, you know, just because I use Long Beach as a symbol of the seasons doesn't mean everybody else has to. <laughs> okay. I mean, I always used the Texas IndyCar race in June to signify that summer had kicked off, and that's not even run anymore. So, not even Indianapolis. No, Indianapolis. I was still in school during. Oh, you're saying summer for like summer, summer school? Yeah, summer. Texas is here. Yeah, when Texas, when the IndyCars rolled to Texas, that was usually like the first race of my summer break. That really, like, I was hyped for that because I was like, I, you knew, hey, it's summer now. You've got. No school, you know, because I was a kid back then, you know, so. I'm actually going to look it up. Hold on. one, Hold hold the phone for one second. In 2013 IndyCar Series, um, when was the Texas race run that year? What date? That was June 8th. No, I had finished school. I was thinking, like, maybe I had school after that. Yeah, oh, Detroit. It was the Detroit race. Yeah, I still had school, like, the week between Detroit, Belle Isle. Yeah, usually. Texas. Because like, I had, of- I had my grad party with uh Belle Isle in the background. Uh, I I reluctantly had one. I did not I, I don't like sitting her attention. Yeah, I'm doing a podcast. What's wrong? Oh, with I, I I had my grad party with a, a friend of mine. Oh, see, I didn't even do that. I'm like, I don't want I don't want to do this moment. I was like, hey, see, that way have... I that way I wasn't the center of attention. I could tell everybody to go talk to him. Go talk yeah. to him. Yeah, and he didn't like being the center of attention either. So what did you both do? Like combust? Kind of. Combust and into like shock. Well, uh, I asked him to be a groomsman at my wedding. Oh, okay. <laughs> and made and made him deal with more of that. Okay, <laughs> made him deal with being the center of attention even more. All right, all right. Before I embarrass my friends anymore, let us know what you think about the show. Tweet the show at Robin Roller, spelled just as it sounds: R O B A N D R O L L E R. NASCAR's at Martinsville, by the way. Oh yeah, NASCAR at Martinsville. All three, all three, trucks, Xfinity Cup, all three at Martinsville this week. Fun. Only time truck at Martinsville now is in the spring for whatever reason. So yeah, I don't like that. I don't like yeah, the Xfinity yeah. racing in the spring either. But that's just me. Um, 
I think trucks and cups should be spring, and then if you want the fall race to have all four, all three, then that's fine. But trucks, give me, give, give me, where somewhere trucks go twice that they shouldn't shouldn't be going to twice, and by by NASCAR on track, I don't even know. Just add, just add a twenty fourth race and have it go to Martinsville twice, and um, yeah. and have the Xfinity Series dump a. I don't even know where. Someone needs to go to Iowa. Someone needs to go to Iowa. Okay, we're getting on to a whole other topic. We're trying to wrap up the show. We're trying to wrap up, and here <laughs> I am extending it. Yeah, I'm sorry. All right. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Please be sure to play along with the show and follow us if you haven't already. Uh, thank you again. I hope you all had a happy, happy Easter weekend. Uh, celebrate and have a great weekend, everybody. For Josh Roller, I'm Rob Peters, and this has been the Racing with Robin Roller podcast.